let's talk about sex. Hey there, how are you? Welcome back to Sexy Marriage Radio. We're here. We hope that you guys are listening up. And this is Dr. Corey Allen with Gina Paris, where we're having honest, practical conversations about married life and sex and everything in between all that. So, Gina, I do have a question that fits loosely to this subject because it is all about sex. But my daughter is turning eight this month. Yeah. So it's time for the big talk. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we haven't had the talk a bunch already, but you can I can already see the depth of what she's starting to comprehend just in life in general. So I have in mind kind of what what to do and how to approach this because it is an ongoing dialogue. But I would love your input as a woman because I've gotten Pam's, my wife's, input. But I'd also love your input on what's the best messages I need to portray to a girl – when it comes to her sexuality and her sex. <laughs> Can you do that in like 30 seconds as we do this uh, intro? Uh, how a gentleman treats a real lady. I think that's important. There you and go. how things are valuable because they're not available to everybody. Oh, I like that one. The scarcity mindset in, in used in good ways. Yes. That's like a Jedi mind trip. Almost. Yeah, like a Loomis <laughs> truck. You know, they're like a hundred thousand dollars just to protect the money that they're carried exactly there you go i like it all right well welcome everyone i'm glad you're here and if if you are new to sexy marriage radio welcome i'm really glad you found us and i know lately we've had quite a few new listeners so i'm really glad you've on become on board with us yeah if you like what you hear please jump on itunes leave us a review and if you really like it, leave a five-star review because that helps us climb the charts and spread the word. And we get spikes from places all over the world when that happens, which is really kind of cool to see happen. Yeah, and tell your friends. Tell your girlfriends. Well, if you're a girl. <laughs> <laughs> True, because we know there are both men and women that listen to Sexy Marriage Radio. Absolutely. And we love hearing from you. So if you've got something you want to get our thoughts about or a future show about or even just to say, hey – you can send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And today we have one mm-hmm. that's perfect. Yeah. One thing, if you're new here, one thing that Corey and I very much espouse on this show is the idea that 100% of your sexual energy can be channeled to your own marriage and that that is what makes your sex life and your whole intimate life so charged and alive and you know, a whole different caliber than what the world does out there. Just have an energy all over the place. So for some of our listeners, that's a new idea and it's very intriguing or it just really resonates. Uh, So we did hear from a listener this week who doesn't have this commonality in her relationship. Right. So, so here my, she says this, my question boils down to this. Is there hope for couples that have different beliefs about devoting 100% of their sexual energy to the marriage? Values aside, she says, I'm that desperate, you know, to maybe give up the values. If he won't stop devoting mental sexual energy to other women, why shouldn't I feel inferior to them? I want to be able to fully trust him with my most vulnerable self, but I can't until I learn to be at peace with my place in his sexual hierarchy. 
So she went on to describe, you know, a lot of insecurity that this has triggered and, um, you know, how that's not true to who she wants to be. And it just raises a lot of great questions. And I, I love, I love that she's reached out because it's a real issue for not just her, of course, but millions. Yeah, this, this is a larger and larger issue because we have, I mean, man, basically we have a generation of young boys whose sex education has come through porn and and young girls too. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. because the sexualization of the world we live in and the ease and availability of it, it actually is rewiring people's brains and, that's going to spill over into married life quickly. Yes, that, and we also have a culture where people grow up hooking up, you know, hooking up, breaking up, hooking up, breaking up. So right. uh, it's all kinds of different energy. And I would like to add as well, it's not gender specific. Exactly. We think this is always the wife frustrated with the husband, but uh, it's not gender specific. Right. I mean, predominantly the pornography problem is a male thing. But there is, I mean, just with the huge of what was it, the Fifty Shades of Grey, mm-hmm. and how that was so awesome for lots of women waking them up, whatever. Well, there's also the stance of that was porn. Yeah, I think so. So it is. It's a. It's a human thing, and it and it comes down to an availability thing, and it comes down to a needs and anxiety thing. I mean, there's lots of ways we could go. So one thing I do want to do at the outset of our show, Gina, is set the framework for the, the comment because this is something that we have said before that 100% of the sexual energy needs to be directed towards the marriage. And so one thing that can trip you up, I think, in that is thinking that, okay, does that mean the triggers don't happen? Does that mean that you know I don't see some woman that's attractive and immediately get some spark of arousal? Absolutely not. That's not what that means. Because this, this, that statement's not about... Temptation. Well, yeah, or, or gouging your eyes out, just, you know, or living yeah. in a bubble or a monastery or something. Because your mind is still full of plenty of ammunition for, for fantasy life. Um, so it's more about where do I direct it, though? What do I do with that energy? Because what I believe when it comes to growing is... The higher level way of living and growing is being able to manage my anxieties in the sense of how do I direct what comes about from them. That I don't react to my emotions. I respond to them. Right. And I really applaud this reader because she's realized that she does not want to live with these anxieties ruling her. Right. That's a big step. Very big. And that's, you know, I think for a lot of women to understand that whole visual connection, you know, a lot of us as women don't have that. I can look at a smoking hot dude and it does nothing in my genitals, you know, like, <laughs> hey, he is hot. It's just, I'm not getting aroused by it. It's just, I think it's a different wiring. It's so, um, there's that issue, but plus then there's that whole Sometimes it's it's just, like you said, anxiety that's driving a spouse to internet porn, you know. So she's talking about wanting all his energy, and I guess we need to address for some men how come they would not want to put their energy towards their spouse. Well, okay, because what, what comes to my mind, because this is something that I've, I've said on the show that 
pornography is, a, is an issue in my past. And it's still one of those, wow, there's so much of it, and it's so easy and so right. available that it's, it's, it's a struggle. And it's something my wife and I talk about, and there's things I've done and taken, taken steps to really try to stay on the path I choose. But it's, it's also one of those, because of the ease and availability of it, it's taken the risk of rejection out of it. You know, a, a man that didn't get some sort of a validation and sense of identity that was really given to him when he was in his formative years, young, it's really easy just to turn to a woman to make himself feel better. Especially and, a fantasy woman. Right, and then when you add the fantasy component of it, that she's always available then it's real simple. So it's, it's kind of a validation-seeking thing that it helps me feel better about me, oddly enough. Yeah, we hear that a lot. And so I think for a spouse dealing with somebody addicted to internet porn, which is different than a sex addiction, right? Um, that it's not about the sex, it's not about wishing you were built like that woman. It is, it's not about the... Right, and the so connection is completely different. So the one thing I would start, and this is this is where I go with the couples I've worked with in this issue, is to the to the lady that wrote in, you know, to to our listener. What if his usage of fantasy and whatever has absolutely nothing to do with you and is more of all about him? So that that's one big step to take. In recognizing that, okay, it's not about me trying to compete. Because if I'm going to do it in that playing field, I can't compete with fantasy. Mm -hmm. You can't. I can't. It doesn't matter what gender. Because, you know, like you said earlier, that a woman doesn't typically have the visual fantasy. But over the course of a relationship with the people she interacts with throughout her daily life, she could have that, man, look at the way he treats her kind of fantasy. I wonder what oh, it's like if absolutely. I was if I was her, mm-hmm. you know, and that that's the same thing. If you go right down to it, mm-hmm. it's just come it manifests itself differently. Mm-hmm. So, what if what that what my what my partner does has nothing to do with me? It's about them, and so then I can hopefully take a step towards stopping taking what they do personally, and start living more according to what I want. And, and saying so, because that's, that's the one thing I like that you acknowledged, is recognizing this isn't who I want to be. Yeah, I would love that. With somebody that's insecure about this kind of stuff. Okay, well, the best in us is the only thing that can make that statement. Because the part that tries to hide and deny would uh, deny its own existence. You know, oh, that's not even a problem. Uh, you know, and act like it's nothing. Well, and I think that's fair for her to just be honest about that with her husband and say, I want to be the object of your fantasies. Okay. When I'm not, I feel insecure. And I hate that I feel insecure because I don't like myself in this role. Right. But just say it. Be be honest. And, and so the we can't change our mate. I wish we all could, you know, have <laughs> everyone around us be exactly what we wanted. And then we'd be Bored out of our minds. Yeah, we'd be horrified (laughs) that we made them exactly like ourselves. Right. (laughs) So um, to look at it as an opportunity to grow is one thing that's really helpful. And I love that she even, I think, had him listen to the show where you talked about that concept of, 
you know, bouncing your eyes and directing that energy back to the mate. And at least it was a starting yeah, place for him yeah, to start the, thinking. The drinking in of beauty. And that's something that still to this day helps me is, is rather than seeing an attractive woman and fantasizing or harboring, you know, staying on that, it's more of a, man, she is good looking. And then I just kind of drink in that beauty as kind of a God-designed thing and then try to just move on to whatever else I'm doing and need to be doing and even saying as much to my wife. Now, that's more the – because that's that's one of the things that I think about that when we were talking about this show on the idea of men and women cr- crave intimacy. That, right. that That's kind of a human thing. We want that acceptance. We want that – acknowledgement we want that love that care that compassion which could all be framed as intimacy and so if that's what we're seeking we can find ways to dive deeper into it in the moments that we have with each other because that's that's the real-time laboratory kind of stuff to me mm-hmm. is okay you know, when you and I talk and do this show, Gina, we get to see each other through the beauty of technology because we, most of the time when technology works right, at least. And, you know, even though we're several states apart, <laughs> but it's one of those, if we're not, if we're not connecting, it's, hey, wait, where are you? Listen to me. You know, you know we can say that. Well, we can do that in a married, married life, too, that you're kind of going through the motions and you never really are connecting. Well, when one of you recognizes that, say so, especially during sex. You're in the middle of sex with somebody, you know, with your spouse, and, and then all of a sudden you get the sense that they're fantasizing and it's not you. Or even, if, even whether it's valid or not, that's an easy time to, well, easy is the wrong word. That's uh. the time to stop and just speak up and say, where are you? Or I'm not with you. Can we do this or can we, you know, it's kind of really step out because that's a more solid you coming forward to be connected with, which will then get to the deeper issues of this isn't who I want to be. I don't like this part of me that feels insecure and insignificant at times when compared to everything else. Well, and have those conversations. Oh, for some people, they're adding fantasy. That's part of their sexual style because they're so outcome-oriented. You know, that's what's going to help them really reach climax. Or, right. you know, I have the conversations, I think. And um, the more that you are just vulnerable, like she says, it's hard to be vulnerable in this situation. Well, but that's where the the growth is and where, you know, it's always going to be a challenge. Uh, part of your challenge is going to be to be really clear on what you will and won't tolerate as a spouse. Say, Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to tolerate it. But I would also say this to not let that one single thing color your entire relationship. Right. M- men are probably better because you naturally compartmentalize issues and life that you can enjoy dinner even if you're not enjoying this one aspect of sex or you could enjoy <laughs> being together watching your kids play soccer where a woman we will just everything kind of blends together and so we're kind of stewing stewing having this conversation um waiting for the chance to express ourselves if you can 
hold off and create a time and a space to have that conversation or to dwell on that issue, I think it can help the rest of the relationship be healthier and thrive kind of around that. Okay. The one caveat I would add, and this is where we may disagree, and it's just because our upbringings and and professional slants towards things, is when you hit hit these issues, though, that really start to become gridlock kind of issues, because it is what I want is blocked by the way you handle things. Right. So if you continually fantasize about other people in the middle of sex and in life and what I want is to be directed all towards me I have no control over that but what I want is blocked by what you do so more communicating does not make it go away exactly you know you can't just talk about oh well we need to have more talk about no that that's the that's a fallacy it usually just deeply ingrains things because then we reach that you're not going to tell me what to do point but it is one where you can start to like you mentioned earlier Start living more and, and letting your spouse know more in line with this is what I want in the parameters of my life and in the parameters of my relationship. You know, I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody that's constantly masturbating to porn. I want to be somebody that will help that. So to that end, I will be more available if that's something that will help you. I will, but but you need to come to me and you even mentioned earlier Gina what if you set up kind of a lab mm-hmm. of let's really try this out of 100% of my sexual energy let's keep it in the marriage. And that's something that I've counseled guys that if they're going to do it give their wife a heads up because they may have no clue how much sexual energy is really about to be steered towards them <laughs> if it's leaking out a whole lot of other places. You know, Paul Byerly from what's Paul and Lori have a a site for Christians all about sex and intimacy. And he made the point that he did that as an experiment to himself to just really be much more diligent about what went in front of his eyes. Mm -hmm. And so it meant that he wasn't watching like almost all the shows he was used to watching. He was turning the channel, just not even seeing images that in the past were just so readily available. And how much it did, it really upped his desire for his own wife, which they don't have a problem in to start with. Right. You know, but. Right. Well, and yeah, that's, and that's where this is. Your energy. Yeah, this is going to bring up, you know, this, this could possibly bring up some long term kind of things that have been there for your husband or your wife. That, mm-hmm. you know, for me, pornography entered my world when I was in fifth grade. You know, so that's a long, long history. Yeah, with, I hear that a lot. With how I've dealt old. with stuff. Yeah, 10, 11, that, man, that's, and even younger, I've heard mm-hmm. from people. Yeah. And so you get some wounding, you get some skewedness, you get some unrealistic th- expectations and philosophies and all these things that you have to then unpack in life today and in married life today. So just making the stand of, wow, I don't want this in my marriage, okay, that's a great start. But you also have to realize it could be a really muddy road for a time while you're trying to navigate it. Well, especially if you start to ask, what if this is purely neurological at this point? That in order to get aroused, all the pathways in his brain have been connected through this stimulus. Right. And now I'm asking for that stimulus to create that response. Well, that might be asking a lot. So to kind of, like you said, the the healthiest starting point is to stop making it personal. Yeah. 
And then the the one thing that the what was it that yourbrainonporn.com, which is a great mm-hmm. site by the it way, is. talks about t- um, I think they call it a rebooting. Yeah. That it that it truly is if if and so this is going to be to the the men specifically. I'm going to just quick detour of to the men that are masturbating regularly to porn. And if this is something you really want to stop, then one of the things that really can help is cold turkey in a sense for a a, a set time. You know, ninety days of none. And. It, you could also have to, I mean, there's also merit, as I've read both sides of this discussion and research the way it goes, there's merit to 90 days of no sex, too. You know, because you have to re-brain, retrain your brain and the wiring that, that, that you have associated with ejaculation and climax. Because that's what's really stewing, you know, bringing about and stirring that interest for the pornography usage, usually. Because it's not just, I'm looking at porn and I'm on, I'm on one merry way. You're looking at porn for a point, and typically it's masturbation. So there's all that can be tied, and then you could just easily replace it with your wife. Where, oh, well, no, that's okay. But you're really not dealing with the way you deal with life at that point. So that's where it's so much more complicated than it just is. what we're talking about in this show. In a short show. Yeah. We're going to solve it all in a short no show. No way. <laughs> but you will also then have to come up with uh, – some really effective means for handling anxiety and that's really what it comes down to on both sides you know if someone's handled anxiety through internet porn and now we're saying don't do it for 90 days or have sex when you read even the posts of those guys on your brain on porn i mean their anxiety was so through the roof right so you know that's where some of the techniques that we teach or that you can find online will just help yeah, and, and um, that's going to be the biggest. Your faith and how you deal with anxiety, and your values are going to really be a lot of the driving factors to your success. Yeah, and I, and I would come back to a, 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 the best takeaway I would hope people have from this show, f- as far as from my side of things, would be regardless of which side of the issue you're on. You know, whether you're the one that's that's feeling betrayed because your spouse is out there leaking their energy everywhere else but but at home, or whether you're the one out there leaking energy everywhere else mm-hmm. but home, is start to recognize the, the things that are bringing about the disconnects in your relationship in real time. You know, you're sitting at the dinner table. They're on their phone texting away. Speak mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nothing sexual at that point, I would assume. It's just a, wait, this is a time for us. You know, you're or, on a- I was going to say, or ask yourself, why does this bother me? Like, yeah. It has all the time that we've been married, it's bothered me when Paul's been <laughs> doing stuff that he's totally doing to make it better for us. If he's on the computer at night, he's doing his job. He would love to not have to be doing it. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm annoyed. Or, you know, he was going to night school for years and years, and I was annoyed. I'd find myself annoyed. Right. And then I'd have to say, wow, he'd way rather be doing something else. So sometimes it's about our own response, and sometimes it's about being able to say, hey, can we not do that here now? Right. And then so. you can also do the, you know, hey, I know that, you know, the circumstances of our situation right now is that we can't be together, and I'm recognizing that. But the few moments we do have, I want to cherish. 
and that Good. that kind of frames it. You know, that that helps. Right. So it's not a me against you. Yeah. It's it's a us against whatever the circumstances of life is too. So it's kind of a collaborative alliance. And so that real time stuff is where I have found the best benefit of dealing with my struggle when it comes to the sexual world and pornography is dealing with it in real time of, Mm -hmm. okay, how am I dealing with what's going on? What's bothering me now? You know, it's just that where you're driving along and you're upset about something Uh and you don't even know why. Well, sift through that for a little bit. Don't run from it or turn on the radio or call somebody. Listen to, listen to yourself a little bit, kind of see. And if there's something else between someone you really care about and you, own your side of it. So like during sex, you know, it's, hey, where are you? You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm right here or I'm not here right now completely. Can we do, you know, talk for a second? Can we back up for a little bit? Can we slow down for a little bit? Good. Yeah. And when you have that anxiety to totally offer yourself acceptance in spite of it, you know, again, not running away from the emotion, but just um, having acceptance and and unconditional love towards yourself and through yourself, it will it'll drive out the anxiety. Right. Oh, I know it's a big topic, but you can do this. It is. And small steps go long ways. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they they really do. Even just that simple i'm going to speak up you know i'm going to dress differently i'm going to do you know and th- there's another thing too that's, that might be a good thing to end the show on is what can you do differently today than you did yesterday mm-hmm. because that's one of the things that we the rewiring of our brain it's not just a rewiring of the brain of the person that's using their sexual energy ev- everywhere else it's also rewiring the brain of the person that's upset by it yeah, change bit. of patterns. Right. It's and it's that okay, how how could I become a more confident woman? Cuz I think that's kind of what our the the listener emailed about is I don't like the 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 needy, insecure woman yeah. that I feel like I am at times. How can I become a more confident woman? Well, you have control of that yeah. more than you think. And so it can be the you work out more, you you increase your physical fitness more. You, you increase the things you're passionate about in your life more. You, you do, you know, kind of create some space mm-hmm. for and your celebrate, life. Celebrate your little victories. You probably are not celebrating things along the way. Right. And there so, you go. And, and realize it is a process. Yeah. You know, this isn't, this isn't a tip and technique tool show that we did today. today. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is a process, and it's more of a... Okay, I'm on this road, and I don't like where we've co-created to become. Exactly. So I'm going to do some things to start trying to make a different path. I hope you'll join me. And that's a risky, humongous step that, man, I'm amazed at the courage of the people that take it. Oh, we give you a high five. Absolutely. (laughs) But take it, because that's how you get to where you really want to be and become. And then let us know how it goes, please. We appreciate the feedback. Yeah, and, and in, in ways we can help steer, we'd be glad to help if there's a way we can. So this is Sexy Marriage Radio. Glad you joined us. You bet. Come see us at SexyMarriageRadio.com, and we'll see you next time. Let's talk about